Hello, and welcome to the first inaugural episode of Drinking and Degrassi. I'm Amber. And I'm Alex. And we are drinking Prosecco in Champagne Fluid to celebrate our first episode. And we are going to discuss uh, the first episode of Degrassi, The Next Generation, among other things Degrassi-related. So, welcome. (laughs) So, Alex, how long have you been a fan of the Degrassi franchise? I want to say I got into Degrassi in grade five. So, let's see, if I'm 33 now, grade five, you're what, uh, 11? So yeah, I guess 22, 22 years I've been a fan of uh, various eras of Degrassi. How about yourself? I don't remember how old I was when I stumbled upon it. I started watching it at my grandma's house because we only had basic cable and it was on the family channel. And that was my first like introduction into the world of Degrassi. It was Degrassi Junior High. And then they started playing Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High after school. And that's when my affinity for it really took off. And then I found Degrassi The Next Generation, and I've been a fan ever since. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun because my my elementary school, we started late, so we ended late. Our day started at 9. We got out at 3.45, and I lived like a 10, 15-minute walk from the school. And I remember Degrassi was on at four because it was like, okay, right when school is done, you walk right home because you have to watch the two episodes of Degrassi because it was on CBC. So they would do two episodes of Degrassi and then at five o'clock was The Simpsons. So it was like CBC was like, okay, cool, an hour and a half or until dinner was on the table. Mm -hmm. And so we usually got to watch the two episodes of Degrassi. And yeah, it did. It started with junior high. And I think I just liked it because the kids looked like my age. They didn't look like old, like older teens or young 20-somethings playing teens. It was like, oh, these kids look like kids I go to school with. And no offense to some of the cast of Degrassi, but like a lot of them weren't like hot kids. They weren't attractive kids. They were just sort of like... They they were your average looking child. Yeah, they were your average Canadian child. Your average Canadian looking child. Yeah, I guess we should add that we are both Canadians, that we grew up in the GTA. So I guess the Degrassi, like, Canadiana, I think also really hit home. Yeah. I think more so in the next, in the Degrassi, the new generation, because they use a lot of Canadian references, wherein... The original Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High, I think they were trying to make it more of like an anomaly of where they lived. I think at one point they even used American money. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember them having like green greenbacks, like using yeah. green money for a while and not saying any specific Canadian or Toronto landmark. I think the only Canadian reference was when uh, Wheels, Joey, and Snake want to go see a band. And the band is playing in Hamilton, Ontario. <laughs> Shout out. That's where we're coming at you from. Yeah. That was the only Canadian reference, really, I think, for a while. There was the odd one, like, when Wheels went to, to hitchhike to meet his, his biological dad. He goes to Port Hope. Yes. And that is, you know, like two hours or an hour and a half, two hours uh, east of... Um, or northeast, whatever, of Toronto. It is, you know, it's on your way to, to Kingston or Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah, I do remember that being sort of specific to Toronto, but a lot of stuff they were just sort of very vague with because I think they wanted the show to be able to play around the world. Like it was made in Canada for Canadians, but it was huge on like PBS in the States. Yeah, I think that, um, well, when it like first started as well, it was like a show in its own, I guess, I'm trying, I can't find the word to describe it. There was nothing else really like it, which I think is what really drew a lot of us in. Um, but it started out as almost a after-school special that would teach kids things that their parents didn't want to teach them. And it really, it was really evident of that in like the junior high era, a little bit more in the high era, not as cheesy. Yeah. And not as much in the next generation. Every episode still taught you something, but it wasn't as in your face, I think, as it was in the in junior high. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much of it had to do with getting grants from the government for they might have gotten extra money for because in Canada, if you don't know, uh, the film industry is subsidized a lot by the government, which is why a lot of stuff films here. If you watch credits of even big Hollywood movies, there will be something that says like, thank you to the province of Ontario for the Ontario film benefit. It's, you know, it's it's something where they're always sponsoring the arts. So I think you get a little extra money if it's something educational. And like the way it, you know, like Degrassi itself started was the kids of Degrassi Street in like 1981. Uh, full disclosure, I never really watched Kids of Degrassi Street. Oh, me either. I only know a little bit about it just from like reading in books and reading interviews and stuff. And it was just like one of the, the, one of the creators of Degrassi was a teacher Mm -hmm. and she, um, she wanted to, she loved making like short films. She wanted to do things and ended up buying this short story um, called like Ida makes a movie about the, it was about a cat, but like a cat that makes a movie. She's like, what if we made it about a kid? Like, what if we made this sort of like an, uh, a movie about kids making movies to inspire kids to make movies? Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. That's really cute. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's sort of how Degrassi started, just her buying the short story and, and getting that whole thing started and then developing her own production company with her, her friend who, you know, was somewhat in the industry. And then they did those for years and then eventually turned it into junior high and, uh... Yeah, it ended up just being a, a, a CBC production, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, for those of you not up here in the north. But, yeah. Which version of Degrassi was your favorite? Because we have Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High, Degrassi The Next Generation, and I don't even know what it's being called now because I haven't watched the newest. I think version. they called it The Next Class. Okay. For a while, they just called it Degrassi. Right. It's it's like the Rambo movies where it's like, oh, it's like First Blood, then Rambo, then it's Rambo again. And I'm like, it's hard to keep track of what they call it now. But mm-hmm. I think it the, the last iteration was Degrassi, the, the next class. Okay. Um, I got to say, I think my favorite is still probably junior high, mm-hmm. just because I was like at that perfect age when I started watching. And there was... The things it was trying to teach you were usually a little more like things I could relate to. Like when I was in high school, I luckily didn't know anybody who committed suicide. I didn't know anybody who 
was pregnant, mm -hmm. at least that I knew of at the time or anything. Um, I know Spike getting pregnant was on junior high, but a lot of it was like, oh, shoplifting. Oh, your parents' expectations. Um, being oh, like a, a creepy teacher who's going to put his arm around you. Yeah. Uh, being concerned about, about wet dreams, like the things that, that you are sort of concerned about as a kid. Um, whereas high, yeah, I couldn't relate as much to high mm -hmm. as much as I liked a lot of the, the, the acting definitely got better. Some of the characters were a lot better by that point. Like there was just something so fun and like earnest about junior high. Yeah. What about you? My favorite, I'm, I'm going to say Degrassi, the next generation. I, I really, I didn't really identify with any of the characters, to be honest, but um, I found those storylines, as much as they're not like super relatable, at least they were a little bit more realistic, it seemed. Um, and I think my favorite characters came out of Degrassi, the next generation. That's fair. You have Fiona and Darcy. Definitely, I'm not a Liberty fan. I'm gonna just say that right now. Ooh, hot Not not a Liberty fan, but I did like Craig. Uh, Craig and Ellie, I thought could have been a cute thing. Yeah. We'll get into that later. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, like I think we were talking a bit off mic, but I think you're right. I think Craig is the best actor yeah. in any iteration of the show yeah and he he honed his craft yeah and he was one of the most interesting characters because mm -hmm. he did just start off as like oh the kid whose dad hits him or whatever and then he's the kid who has who is uh, uh bipolar yeah um but he he does he does he's almost like caitlin where he he evolves beyond just where they tried to pigeonhole him where it's like oh th these are this is the kid with these problems and mm -hmm. then he was good enough just like caitlin was to become like oh you're the main you're one of the main players like we're gonna base it, a lot of stuff around you i think that's what they do in the next generation that is different than degrassi jr and degrassi high where these like they introduce these kids with like i'm so-and-so and this is my problem but in the next generation, I think you really see them evolve past, like, what they're first introduced as, what their, like, quote-unquote problems are, what they're facing that week. They also have, like, a B story that's a little bit more silly or whatever, like, typical teen stuff of, like, I don't know what I'm going to wear to the dance, like, just stuff like that, which I think is a lot more relatable. Yeah. And I think it gives them all room to grow into different characters as well, different situations. Yeah. Yeah, I might be looking at it just a bit with nostalgia where like I can't I can't disagree with you that Degrassi the Next Generation is a better show all around both as like, and you know. It gets better the longer it's on cuz you can tell that their budget increased. Yes. And <laughs> they got really fun uh guest stars to come on. They did. They did. They get to go to Hollywood and New York. Well, we're going to get into all that. We're going to do all of those episodes. Yeah. But I think I I also like I think maybe because I grew up with it, I like the clothes that they wear throughout it, especially Fiona's clothes. Yeah. Which we'll get into later. Yeah, maybe we'll take a quick break here and then we'll jump right into the uh, first episode, which is actually a two-parter, Mother and Child Reunion. As we said earlier, 
we are starting with the first episode of Degrassi the Next Generation, which is a two-parter called Mother Child Reunion. Yes. And it's it's funny because a lot of uh, season from season one onwards, they they started to actually do like to name all the episodes after songs. And you said before that the song is named after a Paul Simon song. Yes. So this is a Paul Simon song, and we'll probably we'll lay in a little clip for you guys right here with the magic of editing. No, I would not give you false hope on this strange and mournful day. before what i like about this episode is it kind of marries together the old generation and the new generation yeah you meet emma who is spike's daughter from original degrassi fun fact she was named emma because they earned a daytime emmy for the episode where spike has the baby well there you go so that is the origin story of how emma came to be she is the daughter of Spike and Shane from the original generation. Yes. And so we're meeting Emma, and they are also introducing us to the old characters as well in this episode, which is kind of nice. It's tying both generations together. Yeah. It's funny. I like that they started with a reunion because um, I remember there was a, a TV show on CBC in Canada called Jonovision, hosted by Jonathan Torrens, where if you watch... Um, if you watch Trailer Park Boys, he's uh, J-Rock. Um, anyways, he had like a, a Canadian talk show and he did an episode that was a Degrassi reunion where he got all the actors and actresses back to come on his show. And it, the producers from Degrassi saw how popular the episodes that he did were. And they were like, well, why don't we do our own reunion? Like, And then they were trying to figure out a way to launch a new show off of that and realize like, oh, we've got Emma baked in already we can make this about emma and that is sort of a genius thing it is crazy though to be watching this in 2021 this premiered in october 2001 so 20 years later yeah and this is the 10-year reunion for original degrassi so this is 10 years after original degrassi (laughs) and this is now 20 years later so wow yeah i feel super old right now (laughs) yes as uh as do i we were around their age at at this time we were just a little older than, i guess we were like ashley and 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 spinner and uh and jimmy's age we were because this is 2001 i was just starting grade uh nine sorry that noise was brought to you by my puggle you <laughs> trapped yourself in a room <laughs> as a fellow puggle owner uh i i relate i'm i'm uh <laughs> It, depending on where we record this, you will always hear a puggle in the background, but... two puggle parents. <laughs> so, this episode has them going to the new Degrassi Community School for the, for the first time, which looks like a beautiful school. Yeah, like, it's, it's funny because when this... I, I just started grade nine when we we're watching this. Uh, like, I watched this episode live. Like, you know, I'm sure you did too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, in 2001. Okay. And my school uh, was very, very, very small and did not have a lot of funding. I went to a Catholic school in Burlington. 
and uh, it wasn't the nice Catholic school. It was very small, and we did not have any of this fancy stuff. So hearing them be like, oh, all these computers that are on, like, high-speed internet. and That was and... the, it's the crown jewel of Degrassi. Mr. Yes. Radich will come out and say that they have over, I forget how many computers. It's like 50 or something. But they're all high-speed, and they were all donated to the school. So it's a big deal. Um, there is a whole episode about how those computers came to be. I guess it was quite controversial. Oh. Yes, we'll get to that. Right. Later. Yeah. But. Yeah, we, sorry, yeah, you said we, we start with them trying to tie it together. We've got Emma and Manny, you know, being young girls, reading a, a love email from Emma's online boyfriend. Jordan. Jordan. And 16. he he says that he loves, he's like, oh, love you. And Emma's smitten. She's over the moon. And then Spike walks in, and we get to see grown-up Spike with normal hair. Yeah. Uh, and she's she looks great. You know, I, I not that we're gonna jump too much into that about every character, but I I I remember watching this and being like, oh, like I always had the biggest crush on Caitlyn watching the show back in the day, because I'm like, oh, like you know, she looks most like a girl I would go to school with, mm-hmm. and. Spike always did just have like the the big hair and and you didn't really get to see much of her and now that she's more grown up and more adult it's like oh like she's she's very pretty she's she's very confident I love that she you know she she runs her own business which you only find out in the deleted scenes but yeah we uh watched we're watching this on YouTube unfortunately Amazon took Degrassi off of it yeah which I found out just the other day so thank you Jeff Bezos for that (laughs) yeah um I was very disappointed so we're watching this on YouTube so they cut out a lot of um the actual reunion where you get to catch up with the old cast and see what their characters are up to but uh, Spike comes on and says that she took over her mom's salon and um, Emma is now a, almost a teenager, yeah. and they're doing great, and I feel like she's really, like, embraced the mother look. Like, she looks like a cute little mom right yeah, now. Yeah, she does. And she's only 29, which is kind of... Yeah, it's it's weird to... Ugh, it's so weird to think about. And then we've got... Um, so she comes in, gives Emma a hard time about how messy her room is, and she keeps... It's so weird, she keeps thinking, like, oh, JT's waiting, and, like, I wouldn't care. I don't have a kid right now, but like, I wouldn't care if my kid's friend was waiting for me. I'd be like, I'm the adult. Like, the kid waits for me. To be fair, <laughs> though, I agree. Also, like, we do things on my time. I'm the grown up. Um, but to be fair, JT is helping her lug boxes to Degrassi because that's where they're hosting the reunion. That's true. That's true. And she has compiled a bunch of ten-year reunion stuff to have on display, one of which is Joey Jeremiah's iconic fedora. Yes. Which I don't know how Spike ended up with this fedora. Yeah. It's something that has been bothering me. I actually brought that up to my husband when we were watching this together, and he said that's not an important fact. Like, it's not interesting. Yeah. I'm interested. How did she get the fedora? I'm interested. I want to know. Yeah, because you could argue, like, oh, maybe one of the other kids, like, came and dropped it off, but, like, Joey would have had the hat, mm-hmm. and Joey seemed surprised later to see the hat. Mm-hmm. So, are we led to believe that she acquired it earlier? 
Yeah. Like, some, somehow. Because we know that she never had really, like, her and Joey never really crossed paths. No. She did, it's funny that her and Spike, you know, eventually, or her and Snake, sorry, do eventually become interested in each other because that was a storyline in the original show. Mm -hmm. But for her to have anything, she didn't really cross paths with their character. She was always doing her own thing or was hanging out with Liz and uh, I believe his name was Colin, the, the Irish guy. But, we'll, we'll watch and we'll do an episode about Spike, I think. I think Spike has deserved a whole episode. She didn't really have a bad storyline. Yeah, she was just the she, was, she just, was the kid with a kid. She was a kid with a kid, so she missed out on a lot of like really cool high school experiences. Um, but she in in the next generation I think we get a lot more of Spike. I think we see a lot more of her raising Emma, her being her own person, her trying new things. And I think it's kind of like the storyline that she never got on Degrassi Junior High or High and is now out. She yeah. deserved it. Yeah. The only issue is it being the show for teens, a lot of the parents just really get crappy stories. Yeah. Like she luckily isn't like, oh, she's not the mom that beats the kid. She's not the mom that, that does something horrible. She's, she's just not the mom with a substance abuse problem. Yeah. She's just the mom that like doesn't realize what her kid is doing. Mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, is is fair. A lot of parents don't know what their kids are doing, but for a kid who for somebody who was doing all those things when she was a teen, or maybe, I guess that's not fair, because I guess you were just saying, she didn't really have her teenage years, so maybe she didn't realize, like, all the crap Emma was going to get up to, because she she didn't learn those mistakes herself. She sort of was sidelined. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She really didn't have, she didn't even get to go to her prom. No. But I think that, like, being around teens as well, she should have been a little bit more clued in to what her daughter could be doing. She went to school with all these kids. She heard all the stories. Yeah. Yes, she wasn't at the parties, but she heard stories from the parties. Yeah, and they imply in this episode when Caitlin is introduced that her and Caitlin are, are fast friends and, and, you know, get along, and which doesn't make any sense. But they also never really had a storyline together. No. No. But let's, let's get back into this episode. Yeah, sorry. So they, they uh, Emma goes to leave with uh, Spike. She hears an email come in on Tremail, her environmentally friendly email service where she emails Jordan, but she has to go to the school with, with Spike. So we see the opening credits, which is, uh, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, cute song. It's all sung by the kids, and it's supposed to be like it's the choir. Mm-hmm. It zooms around the school, and it ends with a close-up on a uh, a big Nokia phone that somebody has clipped to their pants. So this squarely roots it in 2001. And then, yeah, we see JT. We're introduced to uh, JT York, um, and JT is named JT after uh, the Star Trek character James Tiberius Kirk. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's actually a really fun fact. Because when they were talking about doing this show, the creator's husband said, like, well, if you're doing the new generation, like, why don't you do, like, Star Trek The Next Generation? He was a big Star Trek fan, so he sort of put a little, a couple little Star Trek things in here. So mm-hmm. that's that's the first major one we get to find out about. Well, that's a, that's a fun fact. Yeah, and at this point, JT is now wearing the iconic fedora. Um, Which I think you and I talked about this before, like, was that symbolism of... JT becoming the new, this generation's Joey. Yeah. 
Like the little prankster. It's funny because when you watch the rest of this first season, it does seem like they want JT to be the new Joey. And then it almost, when they introduce Craig, I think he doesn't come in until season two. Yeah. Uh, Craig sort of becomes the new Joey surrogate and JT gets, JT and Toby become more of the Arthur and Yick, yeah. which is more fitting with, with who they too, are. I was thinking the other day, and we're jumping ahead to another episode, but I was thinking because Toby and Ashley move in together right before school starts. Yes. Toby's dad is dating Ashley's mom, so they move in together. Yeah. So it kind of gave me Arthur and Stephanie K vibes. 100%. Where they don't super get along. They're forced into the, to cohabitate together. Um, but... I also think that Ashley really looks out for Toby, more so than Stephanie did for Arthur. Stephanie disappears and Arthur becomes like a main character. Yes. Because um, I think she gets sent off to private school, I think they say. that They send her off to boarding or private school. Like, they just, because they write her out of the show. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could be mistaken, you know, let me know online. But I, I'm pretty sure that Stephanie K, they, they say, gets sent to boarding school. And but Arthur stays. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not he's not getting into trouble the way Stephanie is. Oh. You know. He's 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 trying to watch Spock sex robots and he's worried about wet dreams, but beyond that, those like those are very real problems for him. Those, you know. I, I could see that being an issue, but you know, we're all over the place. But yes, we're back, we're at Degrassi. Yes, JT's wearing the fedora, they go inside, they get to see how gorgeous this school is now. Emma breaks into the computer lab because she has to check her email from Jordan. Yeah. Who, Jordan is allegedly 16 years old. Emma may have misled him and told him that she herself is in high school. Yeah. We're not sure how they met. They just say they met online. So we don't know if it was a chat room or what. whatever. Yeah. I think it's a chat room. I think she was in a chat room for like some environmental thing. Yeah. That's Emma. She loves the environment. She loves animals. I could see her joining a chat room, even though we are warned all the time at that age not to go into chat rooms. Yeah. If if you're a little younger and you don't know what we're talking about before Facebook, before social media, before MySpace, before Friendster, any of that, what you had was Yahoo. If you wanted to do chat rooms for the most part, Yahoo had like sections for chat rooms or you would go to a very specific website where you could find people that would just, yeah, they'd be on there. There were forums, but for the most, a lot of people were just really into chatting and you would just hop on, you'd have whatever your screen name was because uh, everybody at that age had like a weird, bizarre screen name that had underscores and X's and, and you know, some weird reference. And then you'd hop on and you'd do A slash S slash L. It means age, sex, location. That's right. So that's what you would you would ask. And then you would lie and say that you were 16 because you didn't want them to think you were a kid because you were 11 or 12. And, uh, yeah, you would just chat with random people on the Internet in, you know, live. And that's just that's just what you did. It was something to, to do. But you were all doing it on the family computer. Uh, in your living room while your parents were looking the other way. Emma, we see Emma on her computer in her room at the beginning yes. of this episode, which was like a huge no-no. Yeah. I remember when we first got our family computer, 
my parents went to some like computer safety workshop and it it seems a little like goofy but like my parents are super old and like they didn't grow up with technology it's so foreign to them so they're bringing this like foreign object into their house that they have no idea what it is and they were told not to put it like put it in a high traffic location where like you're always monitoring because they were so afraid that we would go into chat rooms and get lured and abducted. So at first they put it in the living room and then I think my parents found it to be too annoying because we would be doing things on the computer and interrupting them. So they moved it to the basement, which they probably shouldn't have. (laughs) Yeah. Because that was not a high traffic area. We had a similar thing. It was in... It was, yeah, in the, the living room, and then it was, or it was in the family room, which was upstairs, then the living room in, like, the sunken den, and then that's sort of how it was for the longest time. Um, we did all eventually have our own computers, and by that time, we were just on MSN, and you weren't chatting with strangers, you were chatting with your friends, and you weren't keeping, you weren't tying up the phone, mm-hmm. so the parents were more, like, cool. You just, you you stay on MSN. None of us were interested in chat rooms at this point anyways, because you didn't want to talk to strangers. You wanted to just chat with your friends. You'd all be sitting there watching YTV at the same time and then sending little uh, emoticons, which is what we called them back before they were emoji. Uh, We'd send emoticons back and forth to each other or little slang like BRB, AFK, TTYL. Like, we were all about it. Um, Yeah, so... I, I wasn't shocked to see Emma being obsessed with the computer because although I wasn't obsessed to check email at that age, I was very much like, if I have a chance to go on a computer that isn't surrounded by my family or whatever, like I will, I will fake a stomach ache and stay home while the rest of the family goes out just so I can have time alone on the computer. You know, maybe it was for gross teenage boy stuff for other, other times. It was just like, I just don't want everybody over my shoulder when I'm looking at the internet. Like, I just, I just want to play math last week. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, then we see uh, Caitlin Ryan pulling up to Degrassi in a stretch limo. So I think it's safe to say Caitlin was the most successful alumnus yes. to come out of Degrassi. Yes. She had a television show called Caitlin's Planet or Ryan's Planet. Yeah, Ryan's Planet or something. Yeah. Something. Yeah, and she's. I guess she's sort of like a, a David Suzuki, like a Nature of Things show. That's how I imagine it. Yeah, I think more of like an activist David Suzuki, because she goes to like places, she stirs up trouble. Yeah. All for the sake of her show. Yeah, but it's usually environmental related. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see that that's where they took her character, because I mean, she always was. The reason she fell in with Claude in Degrassi High was because he was like an activist because he was anti-nuclear or or whatever it was they were protesting at the time but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's fun to see that they didn't just retcon a bunch of stuff with these characters to make it suit a new show they made the show suit how they set up their characters they really did care about yeah. where they left their characters off which yeah. I, I I appreciated so much at the time because this was, yeah, this was me in grade nine, so I'd been watching Degrassi, like, every day for four years at this point, so I'd seen every episode at least three or four times for it to be, like, yeah, we're going to recognize all the old stuff, 
all the characters are gonna show up at one point. Like Lucy is here at this uh, at the school, and Lucy is a character who in the School's Out movie got in a a drunk driving accident with uh, wheels. He was driving. Um, he he killed a, a child in the other car, and Lucy ended up uh, blind and walking with a cane. Now Lucy has got her sight back. She does still walk with a cane, though. But again, they could have just retconned that and be like, Lucy miraculously got better. But no, this is 10 years later, and Lucy still has residual pain from an accident. And they do reference how it took her, because this is 10 years after they graduated, the original generation. So they reference how she had to do years of physical therapy, how she had to do all of this stuff just to get to the point where she's at. Um, and in that time, she was able to go to school. And in this episode, so the reunion episode, she is going to New Mexico to finish her PhD. Yeah. So good for you, Lucy. Yeah. She didn't let a little accident hold her back. No. And we see her because uh, Joey is trying to sell her a car. Joey as a used car salesman. Yes. Which I think kind of fits his personality. Yeah. Part of me thinks it's like it's a little lazy for them to just be doing the first episode. Like Joey was an outgoing, loud, silly guy. What's he yeah. doing? Like car typical stars, car, car salesman. salesman. But he has his own lot, his own yeah. used he's, car. He runs it. He yeah. stars in his own commercial, which we get to see a yeah. little later. Um, he's a uh, a single dad, yeah. uh, a, a widower. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know you got to feel bad for for Joey. You know, it's it's definitely a so bummer. He says in the, I think, beginning of this episode, his wife had passed away a year ago. Yes. So it's, it's fresh. Yeah. Um, his daughter is six, five or six years old. She's going into kindergarten, so I guess maybe, maybe even only four. Yeah. She might have just turned five, and maybe, yeah, she's going to kindergarten. Yeah. And um, that's, that's where Joey's at. Um, yeah, trying to sell Lucy a, uh, a little Volkswagen Beetle. Yes, the the Beetle of the time, the the El Woods Beetle <laughs> is how I think of it. Um, yeah, and and she, it's it's fun. They don't. This could be an episode just filled with uh, exposition and and characters backups and like they do it a little bit, but Lucy's sort of like, oh Joey, like it's been this like. It does seem like natural conversations you would have with somebody you haven't seen in a long time. It doesn't feel just like, here's us doing a big exposition dump. Like, they did try to to set it all up naturally in the conversation. The only thing that, as we were sort of saying, a lot of these characters, like Lucy, it totally makes sense why she's hanging out with Joey, and they had a lot of overlap, And, and, and Caitlin too, but like Spike... Tying Spike into all of this was so... I think they did that so that they could have it focus on Emma. Yeah. Because Emma's the tie into the new generation. For sure. It just sort of... That's the only character they sort of don't don't pay as much attention to or don't really respect Mm -hmm. the, the history of because it's like Spike needs to be front and center in all these. Whereas in Degrassi High and Junior High, all of Spike's stories were like, Blank is so difficult when you have a kid. Yes. This is what's hard because you have a kid. Yes. So unfortunately... Or, or people coming up to ask her, like, how does it feel to be a mom? Yeah, like, should I have an abortion? Like, that was basically... That was a, a lot of kids where it's like, oh, 
you don't want to be like Spike or Spike, do I want to be like you? And that's yeah. unfortunately a lot of her stories. So it's, it's not as genuine to have her be like best friends with all these characters. We never saw her hang out with, but I get why they had to do it to tie the show together. And if that's the sacrifice that we're going to make, at least they do start to give Spike more stories here yeah. with this new show where it isn't just all about the kids. Spike gets a lot of stories, yeah. which I, you know, I'm happy about, but yeah, all, all of them are hanging out in the school and Caitlin walks in and she puts on the fedora and, you know, again, it's an, it's another person wearing the fedora. It just keeps passing around. And this is, I think the first time Joey sees her. Yes. Um, which is a big deal because Joey and Caitlin used to date. Yes. They were engaged for a hot minute. Yep. Broke up. It was a tumultuous breakup. Yes. Uh, involving some cheating. They each went their own ways. Yeah. And now they're seeing each other for the first time. I think Joey's still holding out feelings for her. Yeah. But I think what's fun is that we're now seeing them in a little restaurant, all catching up over drinks, and it just feels very, like, adult Degrassi. Yeah. Like, this is what you do when you're in your late 20s. You yeah. Know, you have drinks, you hang out with your friends. Yeah. It's it's fun because school's out, ends, av- like, this. it's the summer after their graduation year, and then the end of school's out, the last scene is one year later, and it's at Simon and Alexa's wedding yes and that's the last time that joey and caitlin see each other it's been a year i think she's dating someone new um they sort of have a you know they chit chat with each other but they don't really get into it and then you can tell they sort of drift apart so this is for joey and caitlin who were sort of by the end of degrassi the main characters this is nice that, like, we are picking up with Joey and Caitlin right where they left off. Mm-hmm. It's sort of implied that they haven't kept in touch. Yeah. They, you know, she, I think, knows that he was married and that his wife sadly passed away, but it wasn't like she flew in for the funeral. This is her return to Degrassi. Joey she, seemingly never left, but... She also returned with her quote-unquote fiancé. Yes. Who is serving huge douche vibes. Yeah. He is, like, very much um, playing the stereotypical Hollywood director. Like, yeah. But to the max. Like, yeah. It's like if an alien was in a play and was like, hey, what are Hollywood directors like? This is how they would play them. Yeah. Now I his sunglasses on inside. Yeah, at night. His like weird little flip phone and like the first generation of flip phones, mind you. Yeah. Is it like promptly in his hand, and he is just kind of, kind of a jerk. Yeah. Now it's funny. I don't know. I I found this. In... So, sorry to cut oh, yeah. you off. Yeah. Um. He also is hating on Toronto a lot. Oh yeah, and making jokes about. Eskimos, which is not a word you use anymore. No, Ask Edmonton. No. You know, but no, it's funny because I read the uh, I I bought a Degrassi book a couple of years ago, all about the history of the show and making, and they mention Kevin Smith writes the foreword for the book because he's you know a huge fan, and he mentions that Keith Caitlin's fiance was written for him for Kevin Smith, but the problem was. He couldn't make it work with his schedule, shooting whatever he was around this time. It would have been after Dogma, but I don't know, whatever he was shooting at the time. 
he couldn't make it work to come to Toronto to film the stuff. So I think Keith was partly written for Kevin Smith, which might explain why he's like this weird Hollywood, like over the top version that Kevin Smith would have loved playing. Cause yeah. I could see him leaning into being like, I get to make out with Caitlin and I'm this huge douche and Canada is the worst. Yeah. So the problem is they end up casting. I think it's Dan, uh, Don or Dan McCall. I forget the, the actor's name, but he's a, he's a Canadian actor and it works fine. But like, if you imagine it with Kevin Smith, it's, it's more so, fun. Now that I'm seeing Kevin Smith in this, it's yeah. a lot more fun. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm glad that he didn't do that because um, he does come back to Degrassi. Yes, which is great. He comes back to film a movie at Degrassi. Yeah, which is cool. He also loves Degrassi. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. That's he cool. loves it because he wrote, yeah, he wrote the foreword to the book. Mm-hmm. That it's all about him saying that, like, because he was working at the Quick Stop in Leonardo, New Jersey, uh, he was picking up um, either Canadian broadcasting signals because he was that close, or it was oh, from okay. uh, one of the PBS stations just re-airing it because he didn't have cable. He was just watching a little TV behind the counter yeah. at the Quick Stop and would see Degrassi, and he had the biggest crush on Caitlin. And, you know, for the longest time, he was, you know, just wanted to 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 meet Caitlyn and, and all this stuff. So it it makes sense that they wrote the part for him to be Caitlyn's yeah. fiance and yeah. But yeah, like you said, I'm glad he didn't cuz I do like that he sort of ties in his view of universe and and Jay and Silent Bob go to Degrassi and that mm-hmm. that whole thing later. But yeah, Keith is Keith is almost like a cartoon. Like Keith is the most cartoony character in, this I think ep- so. in yeah. these episodes. Like it's it's so over the top. But it's perfect because you you want him to be hated, mm-hmm. and by the end of this, you want him to be like out and forgotten. And yeah, it's like, and it serves both purposes. Yeah. Um, we missed the part we forgot to mention. All of the girls come back to Spike's house. Yes. As they are coming back, they sing the Zit Remedy song. They do. Everybody wants something. Yep. Which is the iconic song sung throughout both Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. Yep. The Zit Remedy is a band. That is made up of Snake, Joey, and Wheels. Yes. And I think this is the only song they ever play. Yep. And they all, I'm pretty sure, learn to play it because it's only like three chords. Yeah. But it's still great. A fantastic song. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's uh it's catchy. Uh it is the kind of thing where like if you're drunk and it's three in the morning, like you're it's, gonna sing it. And you're not going to forget the words because yeah. there's barely any words. It's easy to remember. We'll play, we'll play it for you when yeah. we do a Zit Remedy-esque episode. Yes, because we get to talk all about their, you know, be, being the Zit Remedy and just the Zits. Yeah. And, and filming their video, um, getting thrown in the dumpster, just all the, all the silly stuff they do. We could even just do an episode all about the bands because there's different bands show up the garage bands that all the characters are in at different points. So So they're at uh, Spike's house. It's Caitlin, Lucy, and Spike. Yeah. And they are popping some champagne. Yep. What bothers me about this, and it's such a small, small little thing, and I hate myself for being bothered by it, they're drinking this champagne out of wine glasses. Fire that prop master. And it's, it's such a small thing, but it's like a thing for me. I like drinking things out of what they should be drunk out of. Yeah. Like champagne out of champagne flutes, white wine out of white wine glasses. And I feel like maybe Spike should have known that, but 
Yeah. Now, I'm wondering if it's only because, like, Spike isn't somebody who got married, so never would have gotten gifted champagne glasses. She's a single working mom. I think for her, it's sort of like, why am I going to buy champagne glasses? Like, it's something I'll put on my wedding registry if I get married one day. I think it's very of that generation. So I do agree with you there, but I think it's very fitting with, like, single working mom in a townhouse in Toronto in the early 2000s. Like, there's just certain things you're not going to have. But it seemed that the champagne was at her house. So you think she'd at least have bought, like, the plastic glasses you can get at the dollar store. Like, real, like, the little champagne flutes. I mean, it's weird that we're so hung up on it. Yeah. You know, we're talking more about it than... The conversation, let's, let's pivot. There's a conversation that uh, Emma has where she is woken up by them. Yeah, they're all, loud singing. Yeah, they're loud, drunken singing. And she goes to ask Caitlin about meeting meeting up with Jordan. She's, she's you know, she, when she checked her email at school, Jordan was like, hey, I'm coming to Toronto. Do you, we should meet. From Yellow Knight. We yeah. Didn't, we didn't mess it. Sorry, we didn't mention that Jordan lives in Yellow Knight. Yeah. And is coming to Toronto yeah. during the summer. On a school trip. For a school trip. So yeah. I think that's a little bit of a red flag. Yeah. Um, but Emma's super excited and says to Caitlin, my friends don't agree, they don't think I should go. And Caitlin gives her the best advice, which is sometimes you just got to follow your heart and do something that you want to do. Yeah. In, in retrospect, not good advice because you'll find out why later. Yeah. But Caitlin also doesn't have the full information. And Caitlin just is sort of bad with love. You see that she's she's sort of ignoring what an asshole Keith is yeah. because she's just sort of like, I'm not 30 yet, but like I'm on my way to getting married. I've got my career going. She's just almost on autopilot. Oh. She's not even really like concerned if she loves him as much as she's like oh well, you know it'll be great if i'm married we should mention though that the biggest theme of this whole reunion is that all of the characters seem to be so stressed about turning 30 yeah they're about 28 29 so on the cusp of turning 30 yeah and they're like i'm gonna be 30 oh my god it's such a big deal but yet all of their lives are together yep we're in our 30s i barely have my life together yeah like, Spike is a single mom who owns a, a house yeah, in, Toronto in Toronto and owns her own business. I mean, yeah. granted, she bought it off of her mom, yeah. but still, uh, that's that's what's going on. And Caitlin has a show, her own show that is worldwide popular. Yep. Uh, Joey has a car dealership. Yep. And a daughter. Yep. Snake is a teacher. Yep. Lucy's finishing her PhD. They can get fucked. Like, yeah. These are your problems going into your get fucked. Yeah. We are both in our early, let's say, well, yeah, early, early, 30s. 30s. early 30s. So this is, you know, this is a few years behind us at this point, and it's... I mean, I mean in their defense, they didn't have to go through a recession. No. They're not millennials. No. So life was still good for them. Yeah. It's a crushing dis- pit of despair for us. Yeah. Although it is crazy this to think that this aired, like, a month after... 9-11 like this is it's weird to look at everything that sort of changed around that time tv wise and like from what i read this was supposed to premiere in 2002 but they were like you know what we're gonna push it forward closer to 
um, school going back in session. So even though it was October instead of September, that was, I think, the earliest they could push the show back. They're like, no, we want to line everything up. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's interesting to watch now. And, and yeah, they, they were living in a different world then. It, 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 even it just, even five years ago was a different world. So mm -hmm. it is crazy to be seeing how, how much they're complaining about their, their perfect Gen X lives <laughs> that, you know, they're not realizing how, how set up for failure their millennial children are. Oh. Yeah. What, um, what a time. Yeah. But now we are at the part where the reunion is actually starting. Yeah. So the reunion takes place at Degrassi, like the new version of Degrassi, which I think is kind of a terrible place to host a reunion. I mean... I mean, they have an open bar, which is like, good for them. That's cool. Yeah. But wouldn't you think that it would be at like a nice hotel or at least like a nice bar? Yeah. It's funny because, like, I I don't know if my high school did a reunion because my tenure would have been five, five years ago. Um, I don't know if mine did either. I don't think they do because now people just have Facebook. Like, you don't, I, you don't need to meet up with people. Yeah, I don't think I would have gone even if they did because everything I need to know about everybody... I can read online, and if yeah. I don't have them on Facebook, there's probably a reason. Yeah. So, it's... Oh, sorry to interrupt. Allison. We were talking about Allison. She's a character from the original Degrassi. Yeah. She's kind of like a, a popular-ish girl. Yeah. But like a problematic popular girl. Like she will steal your man. Yeah. She has no qualms coming up, stealing your man, and not even feeling bad about it. That was always, like, I don't remember her getting a main episode, but no. she was always the girl, like, at the party, like, oh, we should go talk to that boy. Yes. We should do, we should do this thing. And she was always dragging along her one friend, whose name I don't recall. I don't remember. But, name. like, her friend is not here. Um, Moving forward, we are now watching Emma in the hotel lobby about to meet Jordan. So she told Spike that she was just going to stay home and watch movies with Manny all night. Yes. Then she called Manny and said that she wanted to stay in and watch an environmental documentary. Now, Manny thought this was a little suspicious, and she does look in the TV guide. Manny is such a good friend. Oh, Manny saves the day. Like, not only does Manny feel like, oh... I feel like she's lying to me and is going to meet up with this creepy guy that we're not sure about. Yeah. I'm going to check to make sure this documentary is actually on. It's not. If I was Manny, I would, A, probably would have just taken Emma's excuses at face value. Yeah. I wouldn't have, like, dug deep into it because I probably wouldn't have cared so much. Yeah. And B, I wouldn't have had the wherewithal to be like, let me check to make sure this show that she's watching is actually airing. Yeah. But, and this is back in the day where, like, you couldn't just go online. No, you, you, you went and looked in the, the paper TV guide. TV guide. You had to go through the TV guide. Um, but good for Manny. Good for Manny for being a girl's girl, for sticking by Emma, and for following her hunch. Yeah. So So she goes to JT's house, where JT and Toby are doing, like, the most realistic thing you see, where it's like, sometimes you're not just hanging out playing games. Sometimes you are just dicking around throwing a pillow at each other. 
And that's what him and JT are doing. They're soaking up the last bit of summer. They're that's just, true. They're hanging out. They're doing their thing. Yeah, but Manny comes in and is sort of like, guys, I'm worried about Emma. She lied about uh, this. She lied about this documentary being on. I think she's gone to meet this Jordan guy. And Toby's Toby has been. We didn't touch much on Toby. Toby runs into JT at Degrassi when they're doing the tour. Um, and they went to camp together. They do their camp handshake. And it's established that Toby is a bit of a tech nerd, that he he's he's a geek. He's the one who's most nervous about Emma meeting somebody from the internet. He's the one who, he seems very much like a, like just the, the concerned teen. He's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm worried about this. I, I, you shouldn't do this. I'm worried. So. He's very anxious. Yeah. And he's he he drops a little breadcrumb that does pay off. I think it's even in the next episode that he is moving here because his dad has married or has moved in with his girlfriend. Yeah. So he's had to switch over to be at Degrassi, and uh, you get to find out more about his dad and the girlfriend in the next episode. But uh, yeah, Toby is set up. You know. Manny comes in, is sort of worried, and Toby's sort of like, well, the only thing we can do is try and to, and hack her email. Which, as I told Alex earlier, I wouldn't even know how to do. I tried to hack into my husband's email because my family is planning a birthday party for me, and I don't like surprises. <laughs> so I tried to get into his email, and I couldn't. So good for Toby for figuring this all out because... Yeah. He must be a super genius. Yeah, I could relate because I did do, I did hack into somebody's email through their MSN secret question uh, <laughs> around this time. So like it was something that if you knew, if you could figure out your friend's secret answer, you could get into their email and, and, and fuck stuff. So up. basically if you know, you know. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, We're back at the reunion. Joey is overhearing. Caitlin's douchey boyfriend. Fiance. Uh, sorry, fiance. <laughs> yes. Put the moves on Allison. Yeah. Like we said, Allison is not a girl's girl. It does not matter who is with who. If she likes a guy, she's going to get that guy. Yeah. So she she had her sights set on Caitlin's creepy fiance. Because she found out he works in Hollywood. And she and wants to be an actor. In the deleted scene, we find out that she's done a local diaper commercial. Yeah. Where it might be implied that like she's wearing the diapers, it's not like it's her baby's diaper. It's it's sort of implied that she, you know, she took an embarrassing gig just to get a credit. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't seem, you know, beyond. That seems very fitting for Allison. So she's definitely hitting on Keith, and Keith says something like, "Oh, well, you know, like if you come out to Hollywood, just give me a call," which is skeezy and gross and. Uh, Joey has had gone to get everybody drinks, so he's carrying them back, and he overhears this, and he already doesn't like Keith for ragging on Toronto mm-hmm. and seemingly not treating Caitlin right, which you know, a nice guy. Joey seemingly does just want the best for Caitlin, but Joey also Joey helped establish this bad string of relationships for Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Like, Joey was the bad boyfriend that seems to set her up for a sad lifetime of bad boyfriends. So for Joey to be so mad at this guy, it's like, Joey, this is just the new you. Yeah. Like, this is just the next iteration of you. And, like, 
there's no one to blame but you. Like, you and Caitlin could have been married by this point. You guys were engaged, but you cheated on her with Tessa Campanelli. And that's that's your problem. Yeah, we'll get back. We'll get more into the Joey, Caitlin, Tessa deal when we do Schools Out, yes. part one and two. Yep. It is my most favorite. It's two parts of a Canadian made-for-TV movie. Yep. And it's the first time that anybody swears on TV. Yep. Uh, like outside of a documentary or maybe a live event. Yeah. It was like a pre-sanctioned somebody was, and not just like shit. Somebody says fuck. fuck in reference to sex. Not even just like, oh, like there's certain rules with broadcasting where like you can say shit if you're not talking about feces. You can say fuck if you're not talking about sex. But in this in this context, in schools out, they say fuck in reference to having sex, and it is it is shocking. I I think that the first time wasn't it Yip who says it or Yik? It's it's Snake. Snake okay. gets to be the one who says it first. Okay. Because he says to Joey like, "Oh, you." Wait, let's not give it yeah. away. We're yeah. gonna get to that episode. But he says something let's, about let's fucking. Let's focus on. On this episode. Yes, sorry. It's, so it's, it's not the most exciting one. I will give you that. I'm yeah. not the most excited by it. But here we are. Emma's in the hotel lobby, about to meet Jordan. Yes, in quotation. So she's she's called upstairs to Jordan to say, "Hey, I'm downstairs. I'm wearing a, a jean jacket or whatever. Um, just come down and meet me." She's waiting. You know, she thinks she's being safe. Where it's meeting in a public place. Um, and then this guy walks by with a, a super Canadian pizza, pizza box. Yes. Which I think that should be one of the first red flags. So he is a teacher supposedly Yes. on the school trip with yeah. like, I guess a couple guys. Yes. Never it's supposed to be like, let's say they, they're supposed to have an adjoining hotel room to his. So yeah, let's say at least it's three or yeah, four. three or four guys that are on this school trip. This dude walks in with one small pizza pizza box. Yeah. So that should be the first red flag. That's true. Because are they all just going to eat one slice of pizza by themselves? Come yeah. On. Come on, Emma. You're smarter than that. That's that's so true. I never really thought about that. <laughs> but, like, yeah, as a teenage boy, my whole thing was, like, I can eat a whole pizza. Yeah. So he should have at least five pizzas. Yes. And there's no dipping sauce. The best thing about pizza pizza is the dipping sauce. That's true. The so cheddar okay. jalapeno. Oof. Yeah, the green yeah. garlic. Oh. That's delicious. Yeah. So okay, so we have Toby, JT, and Manny hacking into Emma's email to kind of figure out what's been going on and where they, where she might be right now. Yeah. Because they know that she's because that's the other thing. Manny looked in the in the TV guide, but she also called and stopped by the house. And Emma's not there. So she knows Emma's out. Um, yeah, so it's them trying to to hack in. And, like, we use the term hack loosely. But <laughs> it is, like, it does seem that Tremail has, instead of guessing a secret question and all that stuff, it's, like, your secret question, the answer is just your password. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's almost like when you try and log into Windows and it's, like, I don't remember my Windows login. And it's, like, you can set a hint for yourself. So, yeah, he puts down the world's smallest pizza that is meant for a group of boys. 
And then Emma notices that he's got a... A video camera. Yes, a video camera on the bed. Uh, he's knocked on the, the door for the adjoining room and saying, like, Hey, boys, get on out here. He's really good at acting. Yeah. I will say. Like, he is playing the part of a teacher on a field trip. Yeah. He's got the khaki pants, a khaki blouse, yeah. and a hip necklace. Yeah. So... If I were Emma, I would have trusted him. Yeah, he looks like, honestly, he looks like the chaplain from my, my high school. He <laughs> looks exactly like our, our junior chaplain. Wow. Yeah. He, okay. Yeah. So he A just, trusting guy. Yeah. Okay. You know. So Emma is, I think, slowly the gears are turning. She's slowly starting to put it together. Um, she tries to get out. She, oh, she uses the line... I left my purse downstairs. I, I just want to go check to make sure it's still downstairs. Yeah. And then he says, Emma, it's right behind you. Yeah. And then she gets up. She tries to get out of the hotel room, but... He's got the door locked, and he's got the, the, the bar across. The, yeah, like the deadbolt. Yeah. And for the life of her, this poor sweet little thing can't figure out how to slide that bar off and open the door. Yeah. Now, granted, if you're... If, if you're 12 years old, you might not have been to a hotel for the first time. And, like, when when you're doing it the first time as a grown-up, you're like, oh, okay, like, I got to remember how this all works because I need to do this again later when I'm drunk. And even when you're doing it sober, you're sort of like, wait, what? Fair. And she's flustered because this dude could be yeah. right behind yeah. her. She's she's nervous. I yeah. get it. Her, her adrenaline's going. But you, we missed a point. That JT said, Emma gets almost all straight A's. That's She's true. She's smarter than this. That's true. So if this girl, who almost gets all straight A's, yeah. can't figure out how to get out of the hotel room? Yeah. Come, come on. Yeah, it's true. I would have preferred if she gets the door open and he, you know, grabs her from behind, like, you know, just the... Something more dramatic. Yeah. Because as it is now, he's... He's really playing up like, no, like, you're just being, he's really gaslighting her. Like, no, Jordan's just in the other room. Like, it's okay. It really is taking Jordan a long time to get this pizza. Yeah. Because if, if somebody had said, like, hey, teenage boy, there's, like, when I was 16, if somebody was like, there's pizza, I would have pushed you're... my grandmother out of the way yeah. to get that pizza. You're running for that pizza. Yeah. Especially if there's only one single box of pizza. You want at least a slice. Yeah. You're pushing your friends out of the way. To get that pizza, and if they try and grab it, you're licking your hand and smacking it on the pizza so that you guarantee yourself at least a slice. So we're back at the reunion. Yeah, well, Emma's locked herself in the bathroom after trying to escape. Yes. And and Mr. Fake Jordan is like, hey, Jordan's just near the room. What's I going on? Yeah. So now we're back at the reunion. Caitlin is giving a speech because she is Degrassi's most exciting alumnus. Yeah. Um... Joey's really pissed because he's the only one that knows that Allison had a little flirty flirt with Caitlin's fiance. Yeah. And he's calling him out on it. Yeah. And Caitlin's doing her best to like be the hey everybody, like I'm I'm doing this whole speech for all of you and like look, I'm the most successful person and I'm I'm back here with all of you and and yeah, Joey and Keith are really just they're going at it. They're not keeping their voices down. Yeah. Keith does a condescending tap on the side of the cheek, punches Joey in the face. Uh, yeah. But if we've learned anything from when Joey had that fight with uh, Dwayne 
in the bathroom in Degrassi High, Joey's not much of a fighter. Joey, you know, gets Joey gets his ass kicked a bit by Keith. Mm-hmm. But then he grabs Keith's phone and slaps him. Uh, Twice. <laughs> yeah. And then Simon runs over of Simon oh. and Alexis. And Yick and Snake are taking Keith. Yeah. So it's all coming to a head. Joey is telling Caitlin what has been going on with Allison and Keith, which really is nothing. They were just kind of flirting, but still not cool. Yeah. And he was basically saying, like, come to uh, Hollywood. I'll make you a star. Yeah. I don't you can do it when Caitlin's not around. I don't really care about Caitlin. Yeah. Um, and, oh, doc, and Mr. Radich is trying to keep everybody in check. Yeah, he's like, hey, everybody, let's let's get let's get another song playing, you know. And Keith Keith has Keith while trying to gaslight Caitlin and and say everything. Allison does come out and be like, you know, like whatever, like yeah. in typical Allison fashion, like, hey, who cares? Like, so what? A lot of people are nervous about getting married. A lot of people, you know, get cold feet, and it's sort of like, ooh, Allison, like. Allison had a bigger role in this yeah. than I think she ever had on Degrassi. Yeah. So. She was just that troublemaker girl but yeah. she never it was always it was always the b or c story it was yeah. never she was never an a story character no, no. so it's nice to see her get a bit of a moment here even if it is to just be like oh you're a fuck up that ruins everything but you speaking, ruin it for a shitty character speaking of b stories so that's the degrassi formula is there's always the a story which is like the drama the whatever the big issue of that episode yeah and then the b story is usually something a little bit more lighthearted that doesn't usually have anything to do with the a story so the b story in this episode is the emma meeting jordan online yeah don't you think it's a little strange that that's the b story of this reunion yeah it is weird i guess it is just because they're trying to use this as like the jumping off point because they could have just done a Degrassi reunion episode. Yes. And just had it be that. And yeah. instead they are using it as like a jumping off for the, the next generation. Mm-hmm. So it does sort of, it is weird given the series that comes after this, that that would be the B, whereas this is the A. But I think to try and sell it to even just sell it to the network. Yeah. It makes more sense to be like the A story is just look at all your characters coming back. And then Emma gets into some trouble in typical Degrassi fashion. But as much as it is the B story, you realize how much the A story suffers when you see all these great characters and none of them get a line. Like you see them pushing yeah. Maya through, the girl yeah. in the, the the wheelchair. You don't get to hear anything from her. You, um, a lot of the characters only get talked to in the deleted scenes that, that you watch where it's like yeah. Kathleen gets one. Where she says, like, oh, like, oh, look at Caitlyn. Because she was always jealous of Caitlyn when they were on the trivia team together. If you are a fan of original Degrassi, or even just Degrassi, I suggest that you do check out the deleted scene. Because it is interesting to see all of these characters come back. Because as Alex said, you don't get to see very much from them in the actual episode. Yeah. So we found it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. If you just YouTube deleted scene season one from Degrassi you will find it. Yeah. And it actually is really cool. Yeah, you find out that Yik and Arthur run like a like an a internet, yeah, a tech company. Liz is doing her thing. Liz yeah. comes back. Uh, and 
we will talk more about all of these characters as we do the older versions of Degrassi as well. Yeah. But we're back. Caitlin is talking to Joey about all the mistakes she makes in love. Yeah, she's taken off her engagement ring, and she sort of does a dig at him being like, oh, this must be familiar for you. Uh, you know, referring to the fact that she gave him his ring back yeah. uh, at, when she found out that he cheated. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a good, it's like the best scene in the episode because these are two flawed characters that she's, she's really just been trying to do her own thing and not paying attention and not really taking certain things into consideration and Joey as much as he sort of apologized with the whole cheating thing it it never really got resolved and this is sort of the resolution we get for Joey sort of apologizing Caitlin being sorry that Joey's wife had died like everything they sort of even though earlier in the episode he says like oh can we just sort of leave the past in the past and that's easy to say when you're the one who was the asshole yeah. It's 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 nice that they sort of both confront their things in the washroom here and uh, and sort of move forward and they get a fresh start starting in this episode. And I really like that because that is, if nothing else, if the show, if they made this and they were sort of like, oh, we don't want to do an Emma show. We don't want to do these new kids. Mm-hmm. If the show had only been this episode, it was like, cool. I'm so glad that after like nine years, Joey and Caitlin sort of like, got their got their resolution and and you know joey sort of apologized caitlin came to terms with things she was dealing with and like because caitlin had nothing to apologize for the whole you know she didn't want to have sex like that's fair that's that's a fair thing we'll we'll get more into oh yeah i can't wait to talk about schools out in schools out but as i said it was kind of a nice wrap-up for caitlin and joey um we are back to Toby, JT, and Manny hacking into Emma's email. Her, yes. Her tree mail account. Yeah. And um, I think one of the questions, her security question was, what's your mom's favorite band? Yeah. So Toby figures out that the answer is the Pogues based on a t-shirt that Emma had posted of her mom. Yeah. A picture on like Emma's personal like let's say it's her GeoCities or her Angel Fire website. You don't really know, but it's it's Emma's personal personal website that we all had at the time before you had a MySpace. And I yeah, did, I didn't have either. I didn't even know that was a thing until oh, this moment. I had a I had an Angel Fire that like it was just where like I collected video games, so it was just like a list of my video games. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, well, also that like JT doesn't know who the Pogues are, but knows how to pronounce the Pogues. Because if yes. I was 12 and I saw P-O-G-U-E-S. Yeah, U-E- I would have been like the Pogways. Like, I don't know who the Pogways are. Like, I, yeah. I, it, it's not a, it's not a word that you would see in North America unless you're talking about the band. So it is kind of funny that he's like, who are the Pogues? And I'm like, okay, kid. Like, So basically what Toby is saying is that it was very easy for them to get into her account. So easy for this Jordan guy, even if that's his name, I don't think it's yeah. his name, yeah. to get into Emma's email. Yeah. And what they find out is that everything Emma emails, whether it's to Manny or to her mom or to whomever else, 
Jordan then replicates in a different message. Yeah. So she says something to Manny about, like, I want to go for a hike. I like being in the fresh air. So then Jordan says, I love hiking. Being in the fresh air is so great. I love that. So he's basically using her email to groom her. Yeah, because the specific example Toby gives is, like, she emails Manny about, like, oh, chicken run. When we watched that, that was so funny. Then the very next day, Jordan's email is like, have you seen Chicken Run? It's great. Yeah. So, like, it is very clear that, like, these aren't just coincidences. Yeah. This guy is hacking into her email, reading her thoughts, and then Emma describes it as like, oh, it's like he can read my mind. No, it's that he, he can read your email. Yeah, he knows what you're saying through your email. Yeah. So, Emma is in the bathroom, and the guy says, like, hey, I couldn't tell you how old I was, but we get along so well. But if I'm going to go down to the lobby, and if you don't want to stay in the room, don't. And he does that fake-out thing where he closes the door, Emma thinks he's outside, she goes to escape, and then he sneaks up behind her and slams the door closed and is like, if you scream... I'll tape your mouth shut. Yeah. Which is very frightening. Yeah. It's t- it's real to catch a predator stuff here. Like, it really it's, is. Yeah. Before it's, it's time. Oh, yeah. Well, and like we were saying before, it's before catfishing. Mm -hmm. Catfishing wasn't a term until the movie Catfish came out in like 2010. So this is nine years before anybody used the word catfishing when we used to just say like, oh, like a creep on the internet, like like somebody tricked you. So they are now sitting on the bed together. Fake Jordan is starting to record them on the camera, which is very creepy. Yeah. And, um... So basically that's where we're left off. JT, Toby, and Manny are figuring out where they're at and they have to get Spike there to save the day. Yeah. They have to basically go because they they're a bunch of kids. They could call the police and be like, oh, we think our friend like they're not gonna listen to a bunch of kids. They're gonna think it's a prank. Like I I hate to say that, but like if I was a 911 operator and I heard, like, these three squeaky-voiced kids call and be like, our friend's meeting a man from the internet, and blah, uh, blah, uh-huh. But, like, they I, they know where all the parents are, so they hoof it over to Degrassi, Degrassi and they, they bust in on the dance. Um, Which is kind of sad because Spike is reliving her high school days. This is technically the prom she never got. Yes, she does and, mention earlier in the episode that, like, she never went to her here prom. Here she is slow dancing with Snake, and these kids come in and ruin it. Yeah. They don't ruin it. They want I, her daughter to be Yeah, safe. yeah. And, like, but, I, the good thing is Snake goes with them because he he's a, a, he's a, he's a stand-up guy. He's a gentleman. He is. And he's sort of like... I just want to stop you. Are we to believe that this is Snake's car? That he just parked his Jeep out front like so it is a jeep without windows or roof like it's a dune buggy style jeep like it's 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 got no coverings but i mean i guess if you're a teacher at the school you park where you want no i I get that i just i meant more like in the later episodes that's true snake always drives kind of a beat down like porzy kind of car yeah where this is like eh, it's a nice car not a snake car i'm wondering if because this was a pilot I'm wondering if it was, like, his real car, where it's sort oh, of, like, oh, yeah, yeah. we need somebody to jump in a car, and he's like, well, I'm already insured on this one. Like, my car's right there. This is what I drive around as a as a Toronto actor yes. in just, my 30s. Let's just use my car. Yeah. So, so they what? they jump in, and, and, and Spike says, like, kids, go home. Like, I'll call your parents. Like, 
you don't need to come with us. And they race to the hotel and it you it's intercut between creepy guy putting the moves on on this scared 12 year old girl with her metallic blue eyeliner but she's being so brave yeah she's she's not she's not even crying no she's just looking away she's not making eye contact he's being he's rubbing her face it's so creepy yeah and then they finally get to the hotel room emma answers the door or she screams he covers her mouth yeah and then she kicks him. Yeah, and does like a backwards somersault off the bed. Runs to the door and then is able to leave the room. And Snake gives us one of the badass moments of his entire acting career. He yeah. grabs not Jordan and throws him against the window. And you're kind of led to believe like, is Snake caught for this? Yeah. And he's like, Snake's like got murder in his eyes and he's got like his wrist up underneath this guy's throat like like we haven't seen snake like this since he got he was yelling at joey yeah school's out which wait till we talk to you guys about that but i think we'll do that next yeah it's come up a few times it's it's something where like if you only ever watched degrassi junior high you didn't do high like it is the perfect middle ground between the old and new before you get this show or yeah before you get the show so it ends with a detective taking Emma's computer out of her room because they need it for evidence. Yeah. And he says, when you get this back, keep the predators out of her room. Yeah. Keep the computer downstairs. Which I didn't know this. My husband actually reminded me that he thinks it might have been this episode where they did a PSA after that said to keep computers in a high traffic area and to keep the predators out of your kids rooms yeah so yeah i i wouldn't be surprised i think they probably did something at the end of the episode because again like i'm sure they get a little tax break or they get a little incentive if it's sort of like oh you know has a message behind it and yes yeah, spike and and emma have a big fight and emma's sort of like you know the, the typical the typical teen like you don't understand blah 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 and spike is sort of like I do understand I made a mistake when I was young. And I was like, yeah, having me. And it's like, whoa, that's what she meant. But like, you're not supposed to say it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, they, they sort of, even though Emma is entirely in the wrong, because like, it's sort of revealed that like, she's been talking with Jordan for like eight months. Eight months. Yeah. Wow. That like, they've had this, because like, you know, it, they've had this back and forth for a long time. Okay. Like, this guy's been grooming her for a while. For eight months. Yeah. All right. So, like, the, you know, it's, it's hard. And, like, I, 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 I can't imagine being either character in this situation. It's, it's rough where it's, like, you don't want to admit that, like, you're a kid and that you don't know what you're doing because you think you're a grown-up. And you're a parent and you don't want to admit that, like, you made stupid mistakes when you were a kid and you have to realize, like, and your kid's going to do stupid things, too. Mistakes? Was your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. hooking up at a party and thinking like, oh, well, if you if you stand up right after you don't get pregnant or like, I don't remember. They say all those like old wives tales in that episode. Like, oh, if if if, if the lights are off, you won't get pregnant. And it's we, like, what? we definitely have to do that one because it's basically Emma's origin story. Yeah. So we will do that one. Yeah. Um, but that's basically how the story ends is. Emma and Spike 
uh, come to a resolution. And they both cry and hug. Yeah. And that's it. That is mother and child reunion. Yep. And that's that's what they basically used to launch this show. Mm-hmm. Where if it, you know, if it hadn't been received well, this would have just been like a made-for-TV movie. Yep. And instead it was received, it, it was received, you know, pretty well from what I remember. I remember watching it at the time and being like, this is cool. Like, I want it. more. Like, yeah. I was right around the age of these kids. Yep. I'm totally into it. They tapped into the right audience. I mean, granted, the original audience of Degrassi was too old, but they were sort of hoping that any of them that had younger kids would be able to hop on here. Yeah. So it it works like it's it's a it's a fun show. There's the it does suffer a bit. You do have to watch the deleted scenes to see more of the original characters. Mm-hmm. And it is sort of sad that like a few of them do, do come back. But because the show mainly becomes more about the new kids and the parents were barely ever a presence in the original show, you bear, you you never get to see like you know bartholomew bonds or or all these other like weird old characters from original degrassi or even characters you see in the background like maya or kathleen or or trish the the redhead girl you don't even you know they got all of these actors to come back and like just basically be extras essentially and that's the biggest disservice of this episode but you know as a jumping off point for a new show, it is a it's a great first episode. It introduces you to your main cast of I guess they're sort of like the grade sevens, the Yeah, so it is um I think a middle school. Yeah. So I I thought it was just grade seven and grade eight, but I think grade sixes are in it too. Okay. So Emma, Manny, JT, and Toby are the grade sevens, and I yeah. think they're the main characters of the grade sevens. Yeah. And then you have the grade eights. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll see a few of the grade sixes later on. Yeah. But it's definitely just a middle school. And I think eventually it turns into a high school because it follows them throughout. Yeah. It's it's interesting because they, they launch it as a community school mm-hmm. where they don't tie it in as like a, oh, it is just it's a middle just school. It's just a middle school. It is just this. Yeah. Which I think it like leaves room for it to become then a high school yeah to then follow these characters throughout middle and high school because with Degrassi junior high and Degrassi high yeah the way that they move from one school to another is Degrassi junior high burns down yes at the school dance yes and then the show picks up now with them all in high school where they all have had to transfer into the high school and there's, you know, like, they're all freshmen or whatever. But, like, yeah. yeah, the way they had to transition was burning the school down. So I think smartly with this show, they're, like... It's a community school. It's a community school. It's sort of whatever grades we want it to be. Yeah. Or which, it to be. Yeah, yeah. Which, it makes sense. I like that they do that. They they built it in from the beginning. You're not locked into, like, these characters are only here for two or three years. Yeah. You know, for a show that ended up going on for 15 years, it's it's good that they did sort of have a bit of a a future proof built into it so yeah it's 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 a good episode if you I I can't imagine you would have listened to this whole thing if you haven't seen it (laughs) but uh if you haven't seen it in a while you should go back especially because you can watch it all free on on YouTube I will say though the DVDs have the director's cut versions of the episodes and nobody buys DVDs no but something that you're missing 
from these episodes is Wheels comes back during the reunion and Mr. Radich comes to talk to Lucy and he says, uh, Lucy, there's a visitor for you outside. And everyone's sort of like, oh, like, what, what does that mean? Lucy goes outside and sees Wheels and Wheels apologizes and says, like, I'm not coming in. I don't want to make anybody else uncomfortable. But, like, I wanted to come and apologize to you again. Like, I, it's been 10 years, but, like, I think about what happened to you every day. Like, I killed a kid. Like, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not doing great. And he just sort of, like, leaves. And he walks away. And Lucy says to Mr. Radich, like, I kind of almost feel bad for him. And it's, like, it's brutal that that's in the Canadian version, but they cut it out. Everything that's on YouTube seems to be the American broadcast version, which is missing, like, a couple things here and there. And, like, that scene is just, it's heartbreaking. So we miss that whole cinematic moment? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So okay. if, if you are watching on YouTube, I do recommend you look up, uh, it doesn't even show up as a deleted scene because it's just been, like, removed for American broadcast. You have to look up, like, Degrassi Next Generation Wheels Lucy. And it'll be, it's like a one minute scene, but it is, it's kind of heartbreaking. Like wheels, wheels got a, a, a shitty deal. Like wheels, parents die in a car, a drunk driving accident. We'll get into wheels. Yes. Character arc. Later we'll do a whole on. wheels episode. We'll but... do a whole wheels episode. Next week we will do schools out, which I think is one of the more fun made for TV episodes. Yep. And uh, hopefully we didn't scare you off with this one podcast. And no. we'll come back for the next. Yeah, I, I hope to uh, have you guys all listening next time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we get to talk a lot about Gowan, yeah. Larry Gowan, now the, uh, the or who was for a long time the singer for Styx. They use a bunch of his songs in Degrassi School Zone wow. that we're definitely going to have to pepper in throughout the episode. Can't, can't wait for next week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, signing off. Uh, yeah, and we will probably set up some social media, but we will figure that out uh in the interim and if we haven't figured out we'll plug it in right here and if not stay tuned thank you for listening thanks guys Bye.